0: It's time for the Fantasy Points Podcast, brought to you by FantasyPoints.com. Top-level fantasy football and NFL betting analysis from every perspective and angle, from numbers to the film room, with a single goal to help you score more fantasy points. What is up? John Hansen here. Another edition of Hanson's Hints here at FantasyPoints.com. I am recording this one On Friday at 3 o'clock Eastern, if you must know, on June 2nd, our guy Joe Dolan is out of town on vacation. He's been handling the podcast posting, so don't know when this puppy will be posted, but it'll be up there soon, hopefully over the weekend. But I did want to continue on doing one podcast a week, and we are to the last day of the week here, so I wanted to bang out a quick one. And the topic today is... A high-stakes rookie draft that wrapped up a couple of weeks ago over at the FFPC. The fine folks over there uh, got me in a high-stakes startup Superflex Dynasty League. And year one did not go so well for yours truly, although I would argue Last six, seven weeks of the regular season, I may have been the hottest team in the league or one of the hottest teams in the league, but got off to such a terrible start that I could not make it. I was in the mix to make the playoffs at the last week of the regular season, but did not happen for Team Gorific. And I also traded away a bunch of my picks uh, in this draft. But I did want to get to it because it is seven rounds of mostly a rookie draft with all high-stakes players, most most of which are very savvy, I would assume. Uh, there have been some questionable moves here, but hey, questionable moves uh, in any league. But let's get into it. Um, like I said, I traded away a bunch of my picks, and I don't even know how I got the first pick, but I did get that, and that was clearly uh, very, very enticing with B. John Robinson – an obvious choice and Anthony Richardson is a super flex league. However, based on the way my team is constructed and looking, I really felt the need to go for it right now. I got to win this thing now, uh, based on my draft, which I can get into as well. So I ended up trading pick 1.01 again. I don't even know how I got it. Honestly, Uh, because I wasn't I don't think the the worst team in the damn league like I said I was uh, in the mix to make the playoffs I know uh going into the finale but neither here nor there um I'm not exactly sure what their system is but I do know I love me some FFPC though shout out to those guys great great interface I mean company these guys know what the hell they're doing and they do it well basically so um Probably my favorite place to play these days. Website's real solid, all that good stuff. People are really engaged there. Um, shout out to my guy, Mike Pereca, who finally got me into FFPC. Uh, Mike and I went to high school together in New Jersey, and he won the $500,000 top prize about three years ago. I'm like, my man won a half a mil. Uh, so I'm like, yeah, let's check this out. Uh, very great really great site overall and you know good people here people are engaged but the site itself is is rock solid but anywho um i did get that number one pick and i just had to trade it because the way my roster was constructed i just did not have a number one wide receiver you you're only required to start two um i basically just had a bunch of twos and a bunch of threes so I begrudgingly traded away the rights to pick 1.1 passing on Anthony Richardson. And I'll explain that and passing on Bijan Robinson. And I'll explain that because when we did the startup draft with this thing, I think I had like the fourth pick and I guess like Herbert was probably the pick, but I tried to zig when others zagged and I went with my man, Jonathan Taylor, and then that didn't go well. And, of course, and I, I know uh, I do make some excuses here and there, but you know it is my fault, but I am very uh, disorganized often, doing way too many different things. And I got auto-drafted my next pick. I, I don't even know how the hell it happened, but it happened. And I got Christian McCaffrey. So I'm like, okay, uh, super flex. I'm starting running back, running back. Looks like I need to win now, so that's part of it. But I also grabbed Ramondre later on like i think it was round nine i was very high on Ramondre stevenson last year and you know his future and that was a very good pick and it's looking good so i'm in great shape with those running backs yet at wide receiver my guy gabe davis didn't really come through my other guy darnell mooney didn't really come through had a bunch of other solid guys i can't even remember uh i need to pull up the roster here um I let John Mechie go, unfortunately. That was another screw up on my part. Uh, The cut down, I missed the cut down. So I didn't totally get full say in who I'm cutting down to from like 20 to, I don't know, 16 or whatever. So I lost out on my guy, John Mechie, who actually ended up getting drafted in the second round of this thing. But so that's what I did. And I traded, by the way, that number one pick for CD Lamb, you know, clearly a young one basically Um, once you get past jefferson and chase lamb is in play so you know say what you want about it i had to make the move to win now because and this is also why i passed on anthony richardson and that was very difficult for me to do because i really do have a big time superstar vibe on richardson and Probably not going to be like unbelievably great, like right out of the gate. It's probably going to be a little ugly and sloppy at times. But I took Justin Fields in the third round of this thing, and that was a steal, basically. Because if we do a startup dynasty draft right now for 2023 and beyond, I would imagine Justin Fields is a top eight pick. And I got him at like 27 overall. And then I did come back and get. Later, Daniel Jones, who was another good pick in value. I think I got him in the 10th round as a QB2, and he was a QB1 last year. And I also got Mac Jones, who I was high on. I am still, generally, but a lot of the appeal with him has been cost, which has been very low. So that is why I passed on Anthony Richardson, and that is why I traded away the number one pick. For CD Lamb, who gives me that number one receiver to hang my hat on here, going for the ship and going for a championship in year number two. So, back to the draft, let's get into it. It went Bijan, of course, Anthony Richardson at two. This is a super flex. Bryce Young went third overall. Then it was Jameer Gibbs, Jackson Smith, and Jigba. Uh, at 5 no no surprise whatsoever CJ Stroud at 6 obviously it's a super flex Stroud off to a good start in shorts of course then that's this is where right now uh, after 6 and even before that in a non super flex it does fall off a cliff in terms of quality options Zach Charbonnet went 7 overall don't I'm not looking at the team here I guess and their positional needs but it seems like that that was a little early. Uh, I could take a look at the that squad there. I don't want to throw anybody under the bus here. I don't know who who's who honestly I just know like you know team names from the website it was yeah this team that took Charbonnet, well, it does make some sense they had a bunch of old running backs They have a good number of them though mm, that, that's not a good value for this year this this team already had Aaron Jones Joe Mixon, Alvin Kamara and Dalvin Cook. And they still took Zach Charbonnet there at seven overall. Dalton Kincaid went eight overall. This is tight end premium as well, so uh, that you 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 can get behind it, even though I think he's being overvalued by everyone this year. Then I think you know I would have taken one of the top receivers a little earlier. I'm talking Jordan Addison or Zay Flowers. I'm very high on both guys. I'm not a big uh, Quentin Johnson guy. He went with the twelfth pick. Um, Hard to argue at the 12th pick, but he's probably not going to be very productive this year unless there's an injury in L.A. Will Levis also went in round one. So, you know, you're, you know, using a first round pick on a developmental quarterback and prospect for Superflex. Uh, Pretty typical round one, though, overall it is a little weird compared to uh, your typical standard league in terms of uh, obviously super flex but also the tight end premium. So those are two areas here uh, of emphasis for uh, most teams looking at you know getting those quarterbacks locked in, getting the tight end being in good shape in those two positions, which i believe i am by the way in in this league based on the draft from last year i took tj hawkinson for example and he's you know pretty much a stud uh, this year round 2 looks like this, jonathan mingo Michael Mayer, Devon A-Chain, Kendra Miller, Rishi Rice, Sam Laporta, Roshan Johnson, Jaden Reed, Marvin Mims. First non-rookie, unfortunately for me, was my guy John Mechie, who I drafted last year like four days before his uh, diagnosis and prognosis came down last spring, but seemingly on track to return in 2023. I love me some John Mechie. Great guy. And very, very, very good player. Not a stud, but like a Robert Woods type of uh, dude who could be a stud in the right offense if he gets the volume. Josh Downs went with the second-to-last pick of round two of this rookie draft. Another really nice kid who I sat down with at the Combine. Should be pretty solid right out of the gate as the slot receiver for the Colts. So, pretty good pick there. Hendon Hooker goes with the final pick of round number two. This is a high-stakes Dynasty Superflex, $2,500 entry. Hendon Hooker goes as the fourth quarterback taken in round number two. You are clearly hoping that he can grab hold of a starting job by 2024. Round three. Oh, and by the way, I still don't have a pick. So what happened was I traded my second round pick for my guy, Sky Moore, uh, putting my money where my mouth is. No one is feeling it right now with Sky Moore in terms of June. The DeAndre Hopkins situation is, you know, is lingering in terms of him being available and KC seemingly interested. Don't think it's going to be KC. Uh, they did bring back MVS basically because they, they like his size and they are a little lacking on, in terms of size. But they did uh, get Rishi Rice, who's not not a bad guy here, at one. Uh, another, another good dude here, uh, that I topped it up with at the combine, uh, Justin Watson is six, three, but he's a little bit of a role player. Um, so we'll see about sky, uh, would I've done the deal, you know, today? Mm, probably not, but maybe so. Uh, they're going to spread the ball around. I, I still believe in sky more. Um, and I still am very skeptical in Kadarius. Tony, the ratio rice pick was, it gives me some pause because, you know, I thought he'd be a little bit more of an inside outside guy, but seems like everybody's kind of penciling him in to be strictly or a majority of the time inside. We'll see. Uh, a, lot, a lot of these guys are interchangeable. Sky can play outside. He did that in college. Uh, ideally, though, he's in the slot. That's exactly what he told me about uh, 14 months ago before he was drafted when I, I spoke with him on Sirius XM. I saw, I still saw some signs of, uh, Potential greatness last year, believe it or not. Now, he's got to put it all together, no doubt about it. He's got to earn the trust of uh, Patrick Mahomes, and that's no easy task, and the coaches and all that. But they kind of threw a lot on his plate with the return stuff that he wasn't very experienced in. He had a couple of fumbles. I think he lost a little bit of his confidence. But if you really looked at it, the snappage was pretty solid down the stretch. I mean, he did score that touchdown in the Super Bowl, the go-ahead touchdown. So I am optimistic here and by the way as I've said a million times like give me a receiver other than Deshaun Jackson who lit it up under Andy Reid cuz there no one's there and no one ex- it, it it doesn't exist but other than uh Deshaun who was a little bit of an outlier I mean one of the best vertical threats deep ball trackers ever and you know the guy just runs fast in a straight line you know you get him the damn ball and he he balled out in year number 1 um you know, a couple of other guys had some moments here. Obviously, Tyreek, uh, but Tyreek was definitely more gadgety in year number one. He did come on down the stretch, but he, he was not really a fantasy uh, viable guy until, like, I don't know, maybe midseason that year. But And he's Tyreek Hill. I mean, this guy is, like, one of the best ever already. So I'm still optimistic on Skymore. So I traded away um, the my second rounder, so I don't have a second rounder here. But, you know, again, I'm light at receiver. So I'm looking to get lightning in a jar here. Uh, as for the other picks in this round, you know it's it's hard to rip any pick individually without studying the rosters. That's one problem with ranking players overall for dynasty in a rookie draft because you know one man's trash is another man's treasure, uh, if you will. In that you know team needs are uh, pretty important as opposed to just drafting the best players. The picks that I did like were. I, I love Jaden Reed with the eighth pick of the second round. Great. I want say great. Very good player uh, who I think is going to be an inside-outside guy himself. And he, he just fits really well with the receiving core. You have the possession guy in Romeo Dobbs. And you've got the big X receiver playmaker type vertical guy too in Christian Watson. And then you've got the quick twitch Inside guy in Jaden Reed, who again didn't do much inside in college, but sh- did it the entire week at the senior bowl and did very, very well. Marvin Mims was a good pick too after Reed. Now, the Reed pick was a little proactive going uh, over Marvin Mims because Mims is a very good prospect and Cortland Sutton's time in Denver is uh, dwindling. Um, I would not be surprised at all if he were moved before the trade deadline. Honestly, Cortland Sutton, uh, never been a big Cortland Sutton guy. He's a more of a, you know, more of a one trick pony type of a guy uh, than a complete receiver. Uh, so and Josh Downs. So round two, Mingo, I like too. is a little early, but I I do like Mingo. He's very intriguing. A lot of Debo Samuel in him. Uh, another guy I chopped it up with there at that combine. Uh, and I did like Ray Shee Rice as well. Kendra Miller, we'll see. It could be a great pick. Uh, it could be, he could be replaceable in a year. And right now he doesn't even have a role. So understood, though, the pick. Uh, if you needed a running back help, he's certainly one of the top five options here in this class, which is deep, but a little top-heavy for sure. Round number three of this high stakes, super flex, dynasty rookie draft goes like this. Jalen Hyatt, which I'm not a Hyatt guy, but that's not too bad there. He's going to be their shot play guy, their deep threat. Maybe he'll be a little bit better than I thought. I didn't really like Will Fuller uh, coming out of Notre Dame either. Hands were sloppy. Route running wasn't all that great. Hyatt was schemed open a lot. I, I really have questions about his physicality and his ability to play through contact and all that stuff. And, you know, press man is going to be a big one. Um, they can move him around a little bit to, to void that a little bit, but you're going to get, you're going to get pressed at the line of scrimmage often in the NFL. And he's a little unproven there. Tank Bigsby was a really nice pick. Not only is tank and Bigsby are, are, those are two great names. Uh, he is going to carve out a pretty significant role right out of the gate, not just on early downs too. He could be a third down option for sure, right out of the gate, like I said, and, Doug Peterson likes to use multiple backs, so I thought that was a really good pick. Now, the next pick here, third pick of round three, I do like Tajay Spears. I am a big Tajay Spears guy. Great vibe on him, watching the tape, most importantly watching him practice for three days in Mobile. He was the best running back at the Senior Bowl, bar none. And requested an interview with him as well nice kid liked it but he does have this lingering concern about his knee he's had a acl repair and there's talk that he might not even have an acl in one knee so though the titans so he's a tough call i mean it's a tough evaluation uh, but i will say two things number one if we didn't have these injury concerns i would be all about Tajay Spears. I'd take him as the third back over Charbonnet. And I know that's a little uh, ballsy, but a little hot take-ish, but very, very high on him. He is a little bit of a tweener, is uh, Tajay Spears. But I think he's got what it takes to uh, be a little bit of Let's say the word the wrong word, a primary running back for a team. Now, Tennessee is going to have to change their offense a little bit. Once they depart with Derrick Henry, which will happen, by the way, at the end of this year. But they're going to probably start that process this year by incorporating Tajay Spears off to a good start, too, by the way. I saw my guy, Jim Wyatt, who works for the website last week, tweeting that you know first day of, I guess, OTAs. Yeah, we're in shorts and all that, but Tajay Spears, arguably the most impressive guy. So very good pick there. Chase Brown, another tweener type, another guy I sat down with and, interviewed at the combine great kid twin brother got drafted as well earlier than him i don't know if he's good enough to be uh, the guy basically but i can see him in a dual backfield for sure where it's like a 1a 1b deal and this year i think he's getting triple digit carries and he could in theory potentially usurp joe mixon down the stretch on early downs honestly because joe mixon has not been very good running the rock his vision has proven to be not great good receiver though i think they are looking at him to catch maybe even 70 balls this year i mean the guy did catch 60 last year with samaj ap run on the roster so i do think chase brown is going to be a little bit more of a running threat um a threat running the rock basically uh than people think, and he can catch it as well. Luke Musgrave went with the fifth pick of round three. Very high on his on this guy. Uh, good prospect. Very good size. All the tools, you know, the size and the athleticism. He's a good blocker. Injuries are a problem for sure, and probably a little raw, but there is a lot to work with with Luke Musgrave. Izzy Abanacanda went next. Another guy I chopped it up with. Really nice kid, like him a lot. Um, they like him. Our guy Adam Kaplan telling us already, talking to people with the Jets, that they are looking at him in the passing game as a third-down option. He's raw in that regard, but his skill set is pretty good in in regard to that, you know, catching those dump-offs. He's pretty explosive. Uh, he can maybe uh, catch uh, some balls here and take it a long way. Uh, so. I just don't know about his long-term value, obviously, there with Brees Hall. That's the obvious downside there. Zach Evans uh, is a little early for him, but we are uh, delving pretty deep here. He's guaranteed nothing. Uh, Fifth-round pick, I believe, fifth or sixth. Uh, Though Cam Akers is a free agent at the end of the year, and if he's not back, uh, Zach Evans could, if he shows well this year, get an opportunity. So, okay, that's a solid pick, I guess. But uh, I may have gone with the next guy, Sean Tucker, although – I think Zach Evans has a better chance of emerging as the guy in a year or two in L.A. compared to Tucker in Tampa Bay over Rashad White, who I actually just uh, did a 25-minute interview with Rashad White today that will air on Sirius on Monday. He did bring up Tucker real quick, but we didn't have a, a chance to uh, totally get into it. But, you know, he's he's preparing, by the way, Rashad, for a pretty big workload for sure. but understands that others need to get involved too it's not just him with Leonard Fournette gone but Sean Tucker worthy pick although he goes before Devin Singletary once again he's not guaranteed anything Tucker he went undrafted by the way they are paying him like a fifth sixth round pick though so and he's very explosive you know he's straight line-ish but I man some of the more explosive runs I've seen in a while from a big guy um on tape there, Sean Tucker. Wandell Robinson went, which was very unfortunate for yours, truly, because I don't have a pick in this round either because I traded for Wandell last year. Again, a little bit of a panic move, but they were loving Wandell last summer. And I looked at the state of the receiving core and thought, wow, they really need him to step up. And in my defense, the guy did catch like nine balls in his last game on, I believe, ten targets or maybe even caught ten, nine or ten, um, and then he got injured. So uh, he, may, he may have come through a little bit for me, but unfortunately, I failed to retain him and John Mechie. Made a mistake there um, at, for at least one of those guys. I guess I couldn't keep them all. Uh, Wandale goes in round number three. Uh, good pick or not? Eh, you know, these smaller guys – I. I realize in retrospect, I probably oversold Wandell just a little bit last year. It was more about that year, though, because they really, really needed him. And I thought, okay, if he can ball out and with a huge role and they need him, maybe he can keep this up and and be a force. Well, that could still happen. And I was on the right track. Uh, He did have a couple of really nice games, but man, injuries are a problem. So um, Cedric Tillman may have been a better pick a couple of picks later. We also had Adam Thielen off the board. Uh, it's not a bad pick for depth, and you're just looking for some cheap catches. Devin Singletary goes uh, in this round as well for running back depth. It's kind of surprising. He goes before the undrafted Sean Tucker, but this is a dynasty, and we're looking for youth and all that. Round four. Oh, look, I finally got a pick, and – Actually, I screwed this up, too. Man, I shouldn't even be doing this podcast. Um, all I'm doing is uh, hurting myself. But I went uh, Kayshawn Booty, which was a little bit of an overpay, but very much an overpay. And I spoke with an insider for the Patriots today, actually, and I thought I, I, I threw out my theory that Booty has such a wide range of possible outcomes. He could be caught in mid-August or he could break. Terry Glenn's record for most receptions by a rookie. I mean, this is a guy who had a 300 yard game at LSU. I'll repeat it. 300 yard game at LSU. I did meet him as well. Uh, You know, some off the field stuff. He's a little uh, out there. Not, Not bad, but you know, just just a little, just a little shaky. I mean, I can't even I can't even articulate You know, I I sat down, you know, two years ago last year with uh John Mechie. And I'm like, oh, this guy's the greatest guy of all time. Friendly, gregarious, all that. You know, Booty's not exactly that. Doesn't necessarily make him uh, you know, a bad dude, but he was fine. He was fine. But you know, he does have a track record here. Uh Google him, look it up. But the Patriots took a shot and We'll see. You know, it's it's slow going uh, early on. We'll see how it works out. But uh, the dude in 2020 against Ole Miss had 14 receptions for 308 yards and three touchdowns. Uh, and that, I believe, was the final game of his freshman season. That's uh, pretty darn impressive. He's all over the map, you know, didn't do crap for for the most part this season. His rookies, freshman year, then he ends up going for eight for 111 and then five for 108 with a touch and then 14 for 308 and three touchdowns. So a little bit of an overpay, yes, but you can understand what I was looking at there with the upside. And by the way, it is a pretty good landing spot there. They could use a pretty dynamic slot receiver there in New England. We had Gardner Minshew, Mike White, And Kyle Trask off the board, making my booty pick look less reach-like. Irv Smith, not a bad flyer in round four in tight end premium. I mean, look at this one. Jarek McKinnon wasn't retained. Dude was a league winner. He'll probably score like two touchdowns all year, but he's back. And not a bad pick there. I uh, went Dwayne McBride in round four just because I I saw a bunch of uh, Jags at receiver. And I, I got my team is all twos and threes, so there was nothing but twos and threes at best. So I, I, I went for a running back, Mike Gesicki, Michael Gallup. Good reports on him thus far. Chase Claypool, Nico Collins, Deuce Vaughn. So now we're in the middle rounds, if you will, and we're getting some veterans off the board in this rookie draft. Next up, I was up in round five, and I was between two dudes. Uh Tank Dell and another wide out. And I like Tank Dell. I um chopped it up with him and I really liked him. I really did. I, I believed him when he was talking about how he's always been counted out due to his size or lack thereof. But I did not take him. I somewhat proactively took Michael Wilson out of Stanford, anticipating DeAndre Hopkins potentially being pushed off the roster, and that's what happened. And this could be one of the top sleeper picks of this draft because he is in line to start right away. I mean, enough with Rondell Moore. Enough with these 5'7", five, 5'6", five, receivers. Forget it. I mean, Wandell is 5'8", at least. Uh, but if you're under 5'8", forget it. Uh, so I think that Michael Wilson is a really, really good dynasty pick uh, in the fifth round for sure. I'd I take him around earlier. Eric Gray goes in this round. That's a pretty good pick, too. Then uh, Tank Dell. Uh, we had Isaiah Spiller, Evan Hull. That's an intriguing one in uh, Indy, liked him at the Senior Bowl. Curtis Samuel, decent depth guy. I did consider Jake Ferguson. That could be a really sneaky pick. I like Jake. I know he's not a stud, hardly. Uh, but we did get that Luke Schoonmaker update. He's dealing with a case of uh, plantar fasciitis here, and the OTA is wearing a boot, so um, if he's slow off the mark there, Ferguson is pretty solid in a tight end premium league, man. Uh, look good last year. Jerome Ford was a good pick in round five, Richie James in round five. I don't know about that one. Uh, he's a backup only for now. Khalil Shakir. Okay. But I don't, he's kind of a tweener. I just don't know, like if he's going to be able to get enough, uh, Snaps, routes, targets, all that, you know, it's not over for DeAndre Hopkins, potentially um, landing in Buffalo as well. Uh, We had Joshua Kelly off the board in this round as well. Then I actually, in round six, took the aforementioned Luke Schoonmaker uh, because he, you know, he was a second round pick and nice kid. I I talked with him at the combine and I do have Hawkinson, but my guy Dawson Knox lost some juice here after the Dalton Kincaid pick. So I needed to add some reinforcements. I grabbed Schoonmaker as, for now, my tight end three. And then I also ended up uh, getting Hunter Henry. But I had another pick in this round, and I do have Dornell Mooney. So I thought, okay, Tyler Scott, the rookie for the Bears, who is a Mooney cl- clone, basically. And good. Th- I'm hearing really good things. Our guy Brett Whitefield really liked him. I didn't spend a ton of time studying him. I, I kind of missed him. Uh, but fourth rounder, guy can run, uh, tracks the deep ball really well. Um, he's, again, he's very similar to Darnell Mooney. So maybe they let Mooney go um, at the end of his rookie deal, which would be this year. And maybe Tyler Scott's the starter. That could work out for a Team Gorific because I could plug in Tyler Scott if need be. And then Mooney presumably goes, who I do also roster, he presumably goes to a better situation there um ideally a situation where they don't throw it like 11 times a game like justin fields was doing in september michael carter i still don't know what happened to him in new york last year that was ugly he went off in this round bailey Zappi, do not think we will have a quarterback controversy with mac jones this year mac jones i'm already told is in a way better place in practice in the OTAs and all that. And it is his job. He would have to really be bad under Bill O'Brien, which won't happen. I don't think for Bailey Zappi to be entering the conversation uh, as a starter or as challenging for the starting gay, Chris Rodriguez at of Kentucky, not bad. I did actually talk with Ron Rivera about the backfield and I mentioned Rodriguez, but he kind of glossed over it. So He just talked about Brian Robinson and Antonio Gibson. By the way, Gibson is sneaky this year, but so is Robinson. Ron Rivera actually mentioned to me about getting Robinson the ball on early downs in the passing game, which would be nice because he can do that for sure. Good check down guy, and uh, you'd be less predictable if you do that. Marcus Mariota, that's a little bit of a handcuff, I'm sure, for Jalen Hurts around six. Pierre Strong is a good one. Uh, probably won't ever get more than 10 touches in a, a game on average ever, but he's very fast and he could be a third down guy. He's not a James White guy, but he's very fast and he can catch the ball for sure. We had Taylor Heineke, Donovan Peoples-Jones, Taequann Thornton. I mean, that was worth a shot. I, I really overpaid for and Booty over Taekwon Thornton, but I'm skeptical on Thornton generally. And Booty, again, the guy went for 300 in a game in the SEC. So that's what I'm shooting for, like lightning in a jar upside. Kate Otten goes in this round, round six. Oh, look at this pick. See, this was dumb on my part. Rashid Shahid goes in round six, and I'm taking freaking Booty uh, in round four. So that, that's egregious. So don't let Rashid Shahid go that far in a rookie draft. And then round seven, I kicked it off with Hunter Henry. Drew Locke goes why I have absolutely no idea. We're bottom of the barrel here. Keontae Ingram, Jake Hayner, I do think, is a good prospect out of Fresno State for New Orleans. Gus Edwards, that's not bad. I mean, they did nothing else at running back here, so it's the Gus bus and, of course, Dobbins. Allen Robinson, no. Uh, Blaine Gabbert, why? Ty Chandler, worth a shot for the Minnesota Vikings. Daniel Bellinger, why? he's the backup now. Uh we got a defense off the board and Darnell Washington. So there it is uh a seven round draft here for the FFPC my own team. Uh I will say to my point about going for the gusto this year uh looking at like their draft report card and the like and by the way I always do horribly on these things. But the software looking at my team is projecting me to have the best starting lineup. Uh, Only eighth best overall uh, bench and third best overall roster. So that's not bad. I mean, I don't make the playoffs. I trade away my number one pick. I traded away my number two pick and my number three pick. And yet I still have. Per this software, the third best overall team and the best starting lineup. So we shall see if I can take this home. I'll give you my projected starting lineup for this league and we'll uh, wrap up another edition here of the pod. But here it is uh, Super Flex with a second flex. So we have a, a Super Flex and a flex, basically. And it's tight end premium. Uh it'll be Justin Fields, QB one, Christian McCaffrey, RB1, Jonathan Taylor, RB two, C D Lamb, wide receiver one, Gabe Davis, wide receiver two, or Mooney. I also have, well, I can I'll do the backups in a moment. TJ Hawkinson, my tight end one. My super flex is Daniel Jones. My flex right now will go Ramondre. Kicker, uh, they're holdovers from kicker and D holdover from last year. I got Greg the Legs Zerline. I guess he could be okay with the Jets and the Baltimore Ravens, who aren't very good these days on defense. The de- the bench, uh, Mac Jones, Dwayne McBride, Darnell Mooney, Zay Jones, Josh Palmer, uh, Sky Moore, Kayshawn Booty, Tyler Scott, Michael Wilson, Luke Schoonmaker, Dawson Knox, Hunter Hendry. Mostly upside guys couple of uh, fill-in veteran guys there at the end, like a uh, Hunter Henry. So there it is. Um, a quick look at this draft and my thought process. I, I screwed up like five times. But the beauty of fantasy football is you could screw the pooch left and right and still win. So I'm going for it this year, and I have a real good shot if I can stay healthy. That'll wrap it up. Thanks for listening. Make sure you listen in on all the podcasts here on at Fantasy Points of course, Fantasy Points data is going to be a game changer. That is coming. Details in this month of June, like massive details. And if not, a beta rollout where you can check it out and all the tools and all the proprietary data. So big things happening here at fantasypoints.com. Once again, um, Underdog Fantasy. We should mention our friends over there. If you've never played, and you're not a subscriber to FantasyPoints.com, simply go to FantasyPoints.com slash underdog and find out how you can get a subscription to the website Fantasy Points for only $5 if you simply deposit 10 bucks on Underdog Fantasy. Quite the deal, so check that out, and check out all the other good stuff. Videos, you name it. I'm John Hanson signing off for another edition of Hanson's Hints here at FantasyPoints.com. Thanks for tuning in to this edition of the Fantasy Points Podcast. Remember to subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite platform and come join the roster at FantasyPoints.com.